Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Here we go. And we are up. And, hey, this thing. Oh, you know what you should do is pour it. We have it stacked where if you pour it on the top uh, screen into the bottom. In. Dude, that would be <laughs> that some would be magic great. right there. <laughs> All right, we got to get on social notes to do that. I know, right? Well, here we are. I've got my Odell Brewing Indian Pale Ale. You've got your Bleacher Blums mug. How we doing, Tuttle? I'm doing great. I have a Alpine Brewing Company. You've IPA. got all of the good beers. What? You've got all the good beers, man. San Diego's well, got some really good it beers. It does. It does. Well, you know that. And so I'm sure Texas does too, but it's a little hotbed of a uh, little hotbed of uh, microbreweries, I guess, for lack of a better word. So Alpine yep. Brewing Company is there in the foothills above San Diego and uh, got me a beer from there. Brewski Broski. Nice. Guess what I've so, got? What do you got? Oh, I've got a hunting license. Nice. Remember is last time at, I was trying to. Is that good in, in East I, Texas? <laughs> this is not good in El Paso. Uh, okay. In El Paso, yeah, you're you're well, El for your life in El West Paso. Texas, isn't it? I thought it was. Oh, East Texas. Where am I? I, I get know. so confused because there's no ocean for me to shoot for here. Uh, but I, I can't you. figure out which ways, and there's yeah. no hills. I mean, there's yeah. barely, well, I just, not even a mountain in this state. No, but I just don't know when it says East Texas. I'm in like, East what does Texas. that even mean? Like, yeah, that's what I said. Didn't I'm it say not good in Texas. East Texas? It better be because that's where I was shooting things. Not valid in East Texas. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tag my own buck. I can go out All and right. get a couple mule deer. So we said this on the last podcast, and anybody that was in the bleachers knows we should probably try and bring the fan bag back a little bit, the mail bag. I haven't read too many of the emails, and I feel uh, like I'm neglecting the audience. But uh, we did talk about um, you camouflaging yourself in Texas, you California camouflage. Nothing camouflages you better than your hunting license. There you go. So yep. you got and your I, boots, your hunting I license. Quail hunting. I mean, yeah, I went quail hunting. It was awesome. Um, so the dogs are the best part about the quail hunting. But the funniest thing to me is... Not your they, dogs. The dogs that the no, guys bring, right? Man, yeah, they have the dude, retrievers. My, yeah, my dog My dog would run right into the line of fire. My dog does not... Yeah, not good at this. But uh, yeah, we went out in, uh, I think, Navasota, Texas, which is almost a college station. And I uh, got invited by a buddy. First time I've ever gone quail hunting, you know, you got to wear the orange so that when you're tracking, you don't shoot the orange thing. And I'm, I was one of the orange things. And uh, the, the funny, you know, you go through there and the dog goes, you know, the pointer gets there and points at it. And then the cocker spaniel comes out, flushes this thing out. And there's four of us, we're lined up and you're, you're ready to shoot and this thing, you know, and you got to track it and then spray it. And hopefully you knock one down. I think I got like four or five, but after we shot like three or four of these things and things are going pretty good, I'm kind of looking around going, man, there's, there's four dudes in the middle of a field with shotguns. I'm like, do you realize how horribly this could go right here? Who invented yeah. this man? Yeah. I and mean, do you realize this, the amount of trust that you have to have with your dudes that you're going quail hunting with is yeah. unbelievable. Is and that then right? You Aren't you guys all near met. each other? Aren't you all oh, near each other in the same no, line? Or no? Like 10 yards in between us. And yeah. I mean, I and got the all whole break. facing the same way, though, right? Hopefully, well, yeah. That's your so, point. <laughs> yeah. So if if you and I are out hunting, and I'm yeah. when we're shooting this way, if that bird yeah. goes in between us, oh yeah, I can't go. <laughs> can't yeah, go. I yeah, guess you I gotta, gotta go. gotcha. <laughs> drop it on that thing. But man, it, it was kind of it was a little bit of a rush. It was a lot of fun, but again, the dogs were the most entertaining part because. You know, the, the, the pointer's out there sniffing around and it pulls its paw up and its tail gets all rigid and like sticking up. And then the cocker spaniel comes out and flushes that thing out. And as soon as you shoot it, the, uh, the guide says, you know, dead bird. And this, and the dogs go looking around and they come back with this big old bird in their, in their chops, man. It's unbelievable, dude. And when you say big old bird, we're talking about hunting, but quail, like, I mean, you have, they're like chicken wings. I mean, you yeah. can eat four well, of those things like a for a Super Bowl party, and your family doesn't. <laughs> yeah, know, nobody's going to be full on that thing. 
they're like little, uh, you know, those mini Nerf footballs that you used to chuck mm-hmm. like 75 yards down your cul-de-sac. That's about how big they are. That's what it felt That's like. Funny. It just felt like one of those little mini footballs that you can chuck. That's funny. Mini yeah. football. That's a good way to look at it. That's funny. What was I yeah, thinking? But it was a lot of fun. That like a little chicken and, and then, then like a little yeah. snack. I, they t- luckily take all the feathers out of them. But the funniest thing to me was because I'm, I cut the breasts out, put some jalapeno, and wrapped it in bacon, and uh, it, they were phenomenal. But as I'm preparing the bird and I'm pulling them out. <laughs> there's you know there's one that has like a, le- a bullet hole in it and then there's there's ones that are just like just littered with you know just uh shotgun yeah, the pellets, BBs. man yeah buckshot oh my yeah. gosh yeah, yeah. so it's kind of funny to pick I'm them like, all out though right yeah, yeah I'm go- <laughs> we're sitting down to eat i tell my wife i'm like hey don't choke on the pellets okay Curve. <laughs> just a little at least they're willing to eat it i'm impressed everybody's they actually have really been. well in texas so you brought up the quails, uh, reminding you of the Nerf footballs you could throw 75 yards. Speaking of throwing football 75 yards, uh, we do have the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. And I was thinking that Mahomes can probably throw the real football 75 yards. But Tom probably can't, but that's neither here nor there. I was listening to some of the mm-hmm. prop bets. And the prop bets you oh, can't bet a whole lot hear. of money on. Oh, well, you can't bet a whole lot of money on it. But uh, we're yeah, going to have to make fun. Super Bowl picks. So one of them, of course, was the uh, National Anthem. But now, because of the way um, betting has become so, like, highly scrutinized, there were some guys that would listen to, like, the rehearsal and be like, all right, it's about this long, over, under. So instead of cutting out that bet, they actually um, just limit how much you can bet on that. So, you know, it's like a $100 minimum or $100 max or $500. So anyway, you can't bet 10 grand that it's going to be two and a half minutes and then be like, Mm -hmm. You know, have I was there trading was there like on GameStop. Stop. Exactly. Insider trading, baby. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that either. Um, yeah. anyway, that's a good so, point. That's one of the funniest yeah, things is uh, at ball games sometimes, if you get like the really nervous performers, they'll be out there perf- like during batting practice. They'll be back behind home plate, you know, singing or uh, yeah. uh, if they, they'll be playing whatever instrument before they do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that is some insider information that would be quite vital. Yeah to betting um the interesting thing was they had um the rushing game for kansas city this is just stuff i heard folks so mm-hmm. you know the lines may or may not have changed so check with your local bookie and don't take my advice um, <laughs> no. um but they had like with kelsey and and uh and hill tyreek hill those guys were like 92 yards in receiving like plus like uh, over under for 92 yards for hill and like 94 for kelsey but the rushing wow. game for Kansas City was uh, uh, Clyde Hilaire, your guy Edwards Hilaire that you had on mm-hmm. your team, who was great for two weeks and then he disappeared. Disappeared. Um, yeah, they have him at like 42 yards. They have Fournette at like 49 yards. Leonard Fournette is like, he's kind of took oh. over for Ronald Jones. They have him at like 49 yards. Like, they got to uh, take the well, over. He's a on short, that. I would think so because he's become their primary back, but. He's typically right. like that short yardage ground and pound type guy, but well, again, it has to do with whether they're again, this mostly comes down to the strategy strategy, right? Like what are they mm-hmm. going to do? And what the bookies are saying or what Vegas is saying is they're not going to turn this into a running game. Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is going to run, you know, yeah. try and score 50 points and Tom's going to try and score 51. So they don't expect a lot of running. But if I were Tampa Bay, I would want to have my defense on control the field very little because they, maybe they score, but you want ball control, right? So you're going to want yeah. Fournette and, uh, and Ronald Jones running the ball. Ronald Jones was like 40 yards. So they have Fournette and Jones okay. at like 49 and 40. I would say the over on that, if, if again, there's always caveats, if you think the Tampa Bay is going to want to play a little more ball control, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas City is like a college team. They want to score as fast as they can, right? They want to light you up and run mm-hmm. you around and score as much as, you know. The NFL is usually like most playoff scenarios we've seen pitching and defense, right? I mean, well, and wouldn't wouldn't it it would behoove I think the Kansas City Chiefs if they did get out to those quick strikes and force Tom Brady to play catch up because I think if you start to play catch up with Tom Brady, that's going to be a little bit more of an issue because you're not going to be able to throw three passes and be down the field like Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have right. to dink, doink, dunk, and then maybe hand it off and kind of create long drives to catch up. Ooh, but that's where I thought point. like the ball control would actually slow down. 
like you said, it would slow down, yeah. you know, it would keep Mahomes off the field, but it would slow the game down a little bit and maybe keep it a little bit tighter. What, what right. other numbers you got going on this thing that you saw that kind of um, stuck out to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot left. Those were that they, they were just simply talking about the, um, what do you call those? Not the futures, but the, uh, what did I just call them? I had them, right. They call those the premonitions. No, the bets. They, no, the <laughs> props. Yeah. Prop bets. That's it. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, but that, I, what is it still three and a half, uh, for Kansas city? Yeah. I saw three and a half for Kansas city. Now I have some old wisdom that's around that too, which is funny, not the three and a half, but 10 years ago, I heard a guy talking mm. and he said, if you're wanting to bet the favorite, it's always great to bet them like right before kind of kickoff. If you can late oh, really? on the favorite. Yeah. Not early. Because typically the line will go down. The line goes It'll up. Move. The yeah, that's what I mean. Like five. Yeah, we're minus five. And then it's like, ooh, minus five sounds good. And we want, you know, to take the goat and the bet. And so the money, the late money typically comes in on the, the underdog as mm -hmm. people get closer to the game. And that would drive the line down if you're interested. Again, if you're interested in betting the favorite, which, you know, this is a really interesting Super Bowl. I mean, that's why the point spread's three and a half, too. right? I mean. Like, do you bet against the GOAT? I could see the game being like 40 to 20. I could see Kansas City winning like 40 to 20 and like Tom not having a chance. But he always gives his team a chance. Like, you know, yeah. and even I don't I don't know. I just isn't it hard to bet against Tom he, Brady? It's hard. to. Well, he's got so much history going for him. And no, did any of us think that he would be in the Super Bowl this year? I don't think there's too many prognosticators or pundits out oh. there that actually thought that he would be in the Super Bowl right now. But what, he keeps. He just finds a way. He's that guy that just finds a way. So you can't like yeah. say, oh, hell no, he's not going to win. But you're going to go, right. I'm going to bet against him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won. Or right. you just say, I'm all in on him. He's going to figure it out and go. The only reason I would think I might lean towards Tampa Bay a little bit is because Ooh. of the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's kind of mix and match and, you know, COVID. Oh, that's right. They lost two guys. Yeah, they lost yeah. two guys. And then you yeah. pointed out that Tampa Bay's defense is ridiculous. Yeah, and if good. they actually can penetrate, and I mean, I know Mahomes moves pretty good, but if you can keep him on the yeah. run, it's going to keep him from planting his feet and going deep. You know, yeah. that's the only thing that I could see happening. But uh, we know Mahomes can uh, and uh, Reed. You know, uh, the the head coach Andy Reed for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs can make the adjustment because his quarterback is so damn versatile. You know. Yeah, and I think. Here's the thing that also sticks out, which is weird, because, you know, this always happens. I think when Tampa Bay played New Orleans the last game or the pl first playoff game, you know, remember New Orleans beat them like 42 to nothing or 45 nothing or 45 to three that <laughs> one night. And everyone's like, well, gosh, you know, New Orleans has their number this year and they don't have it. And that was kind of midseason. You know, the Chiefs put it on Tampa Bay early in the year. And, uh, you know, I just anytime that happens, teams have a little extra. Like that's to me, that's yeah. not an analysis. It's a fact. But when people say, well, you know, the Yankees lost four out of five to the Red Sox this year, like it doesn't really matter when you're going to start your ace and your ace two, you know, mm -hmm. in a five, yeah. you know, five game playoff. It's, it's a completely different dynamic. I kind of feel the same way. Like Tampa Bay is a different team now than they were. Oh, and, man. uh, you know, and it just, it's just really hard to bet against them. I mean, I think Kansas City, I could see Kansas City the way they've been playing, like, overwhelm Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay hasn't been in this scenario before, but Tom is a calming factor. Bruce Arians has been, you know, like mm -hmm. you have some people that can kind of make it worth your while, but um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm having a really hard time putting my finger on it. Yeah, me too. And it's also too, I mean, this late in the season, I think things actually do even out a little bit because early on in the season, like some of those games against the saints and chiefs that you're talking about where Tampa may maybe took it on the chin is you got a brand new quarterback with the you know in his first year with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, they didn't have you know their basically their spring training. They're I mean these guys are learning plays on the fly. They're getting used to each other, the timing, running patterns, all these things are kind of worked themselves out. And I think that's why it's a little bit closer here towards the end. Now I have a major issue with Andy Reid in in every game he's coached this season because I cannot stand when he's on camera with that underwear mask somebody like he, he, he's got a set of underoos on his face and it's driving me freaking nuts every time he's on camera 
just kind of dangling over his face and his nose and stuff. And I'm just like, what is that? It's unattractive for sure. Very. I like the guys I've been watching some college basketball. I like the guys that dangle them, you know, like they're not wearing the mask. It's kind of like, yep. uh-huh. yeah. Hey Billy, get over here. And you're like, well, what are they doing? What are they even doing? It's like, why wear the mask at all? Just, you know, yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, we're in a weird stage. And speaking of COVID, speaking of eyewash, you mentioned something about uh, fans in the stands um, oh. to me off air. So Tampa Bay is going to have some fans, I believe, um, at high price tickets. And oh, what I did hear also today, I don't, again, just nuggets that fly into my head, was that because it's a neutral site, it's the first time the home team has actually made the uh, Super Bowl. The cannons and the the ship at the end of that stadium, you've seen that before. If during the announcements during the game, like for both teams, they're allowed to fire the cannons, but if Tampa Bay scores, they can't they can't fire the cannons. Like because it would be, hey, home field advantage. It's the Super Bowl. It's a neutral site. So I mean, talk about micromanaging, but I thought that was funny. But you that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. So they can do it pre-game or post-game, but they can't do it during the game. Um but you brought up something about fans in the stands for um, the Phoenix Open or the Waste Management Open, and I wanted to yeah. hear your thoughts about that because Super well, Bowl's yeah. got fans. Are they Dude, are they doing whole seventeen? Is the same? Uh, Sixteen is the is the 16, stadium hole, yeah. and I think I think they've got they're doing the same thing. I think everybody's on this you know twenty five percent capacity, but it's I want to know how those conversations go when the wait you know when Waste Management Open approaches the PGA and goes, Hey, we're in a state that's allowing fans. We want 25% and they roll in and they go, okay, that's going to be 50,000 people. Because if you think about it, they're drawn, what, 200, 300,000, maybe even more fans over the weekend at this place. So do they, yeah. you know, they, they, do they base it on the whole thing or do they just base it on the time that, you know, that one day, but uh, it was kind of interesting to watch them playing in Scottsdale did you watch them fans. today? That's what I was asking. You watched mm-hmm. some of it. I did. And well, I, I watch it because I played that course. I love watching tournaments that I've actually yeah. played on and yeah. to see what the game actually looks like from the fairway. But because yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm usually off in the rocks and, you know, some hey, of the shrubs. I play Army Golf too. You play with me. Believe left, it. Right. Left. Right. <laughs> left. Come on. Hit it. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is because they're in Arizona. And earlier we talked about it where the Cactus League said, nope, we're not going to do it. It's too, it's too uh, dangerous to have fans and have players and have teams and have this. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Phoenix Coyotes are going out there with fans in their stands. And the Phoenix Suns are playing in an indoor arena also with fans in the stands. And then you've got the Scots, that, you know, the Waste Management Open in Scots there with fans wandering around outside. I'm like, what is going on? But I, it was great to see that. And I think it just reinforces the fact that if you if you have enough responsibility and common sense and you want to do something, like if you want to go to dinner or if you want to go shopping, if you want to go to a sporting event, you understand the rules. You understand the circumstances. You understand the common sense. Wear the mask and watch a great game of golf. I don't – I mean, why is that so hard? Why does it seem like baseball is always – making these weird requests and I have these crazy ideas. I just don't get it, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we, many of us want to get back to normal and I, I admit, I'm sure the, the hospitality industry, right. Hotels and yeah. bars and restaurants. And is Arizona from your understanding uh, more open than Texas is right now? I mean, are they no, even open? I don't, think it's more, using... I don't think it's more open in the sense of restaurants and things like that. And, you know, I'm in I'm in Fort Bend County, just outside of Harris County, which has Houston inside of it. And we I want to say we're we're close to almost max capacity in, in some of these restaurants and places. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Who decided that? What? I did. Oh, no. Yeah, max I called, capacity. I called, yeah, I called Governor Abbott and I said, hey, dude, game on. Let's go. But no, I mean, max I know. I was like, whoa. But max capacity <laughs> just seems like so. I mean, here it's out of the realm. I mean, it's just even outdoors, they're not doing that. But next time I go, you know, out, I don't I'm going to send a picture to you, to you of, of my wife and I, because we've done this to our friends where we've, 
mostly our California friends were really trying to rub it in. We'll go, we'll just go like, you know, we'll have dinner with the family. And we're like, yeah, hey, let's go out and get a glass of wine at, you know, whatever place. And we'll go there and we'll sit down. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll take the selfie and there'll be, you know, 58 50 people, people behind us. Yeah. And people will, you know, we get, we get certain emojis back. If you're watching on the social monster network, you'll, you'll see the double barrel that just popped up, but you know, we'll get those emojis back in return. And it's just how it is, man. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But, you know, you talked about getting back to normal. And uh, this week was actually an interesting week because the owners made a proposal to Major League Baseball uh, Players Association and said they had some stipulations. Uh, the first one, and I want to ask you something about this because I had a, I was listening to a couple podcasts and somebody brought up a really interesting point about one of these topics that they brought up. Uh, the first was uh, Universal DH in 2021 which I think all of us are in favor of or don't mind. And then it was, oh my gosh, it's going to kill me. What the, uh, the, ex the expanded playoffs and then a 154 game schedule where they start a month later. So they would start at the end of April and finish, I believe, October 10th. And they put this proposal up to the players and the players, we, I think we all had a pretty good idea that they were going to reject it. And, uh, Again, it was going to be 154 games at full pay for the players, which is a great thing, which is the most important for players probably. Right. But they, they flat out rejected it. And what I think is interesting and a lot of people may not know is that the reason that the players didn't counter is that it would if they started that negotiation as far as games played and things like that and expanded playoffs, you reopen the, the CBA and then it turns into a negotiation again. And I think that's why they kind of said, nope. The CBA says we're playing a full schedule. We're going to play the full schedule and let's go. So that's something that is actually hopeful because trucks are leaving for Florida and Arizona. Uh, you know, guys are flying into their prospective cities and quarantining, taking their tests, making sure that their bubble is secure. But I heard something interesting on a podcast today, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to give Buster Olney and Jeff Passan credit for this thought is the owners probably look, I mean, not, not the owners, the players probably looked at this and said, why do we have to give in on the universal DH? This is literally something that both sides want. And it's funny to me now looking at it, that the owners are using it as a chip when it's not a chip, everybody wants it, you know? So right, they, right. I think that's where they kind of want to remove the DH and say, yes, everybody wants a DH, just take it. And then we can negotiate the other things because the expanded playoff cuts into the competitiveness uh, and we'll enlighten everybody on this, yeah. but it cuts into the competitiveness of running a team yeah and we talked about that the the interesting thing about the universal dh is funny because you're saying that the players association didn't want to accept that as part of the deal because then it would look like they were conceding something to the owners when yes. it's not even a concession right that would be on the checklist <laughs> exactly yeah and they're like Thank no, you no we're that. good with that take draw a line through that and then yeah. oh, gotcha that makes sense that makes more sense to me now um so back to what you just said about the uh the competitive, I said, you know, you said it all year, like you do not like the expanded playoffs. And I said, I get the um, baseball is different than a sport where it's like, Hey, they're the wild card. You know, they were 10 and six and they're in playing a team that's 12 and four. That's a little bit mm -hmm. different, but you know, as a Dodger team, if you went one Oh seven and you know, 55 <laughs> and you're playing, you know, the team that went, you know, 80 and 80 or 81 and 81, and you get mm -hmm. beaten a five game series, then that just, that is blasphemous for one, but two, yeah, it messes with the competitive. Yeah. So, I mean, is that the biggest point or you're saying there's something else that me messes with the competitive? No, I just think it messes with payroll. I think it messes with teams that say, you know, right now there are uh, over, oh, right. a, over 100 free agents right now. Mm -hmm. So if, if you are in a division with, the Dodgers. Now the, Do the you know the Padres have really jumped in and made made it a little more competitive with two teams. But if you're in the if you're in the Central and you think the White Sox are going to run away with it, if you're in the you know National League East and you know that the A's and I mean, the Mets and Braves are going to run away with it, if if I'm the Marlins, I'm not going to spend money. I don't care. I'm going to get my butt pounded in, and I'm not going to be able to make it into the playoffs. If I you know so why would I spend the money? So I think that's where when you expand the playoffs, all of a sudden you encourage teams to be mediocre. You don't encourage some of these teams to really try and compete and get to that level. 
but the, you know, the downside might be there's more parity because if you do have one, if you, if you don't have the expanded playoffs and you're not allowing more teams to get in, so the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and uh, you know, they can't compete because they don't have the financial ability to do it. Whereas right. I think, you know, the more playoff teams you have, the more it kind of thin, more it dilutes the playing pool for me personally. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I get, I get the point. I was thinking that it might dilute the pool, but if you have, I guess you're right now you're, you're, you're striving for mediocrity in some capacity, but I think. Or even if, know, I'm, a, kinda... if I'm a $200 million payroll team, I don't have to get to 200 million. I can win it, you know, 175. Yeah. yeah. So from a player's salary perspective, it's not as good, but we did see the Marlins, you know, as much uh, heat as Derek Jeter took. Uh, we saw the Marlins make the playoffs this year uh, doing, you know, some good things, right. Some promise. I know that's not parody and they didn't have a chance necessarily to win the world series, but did they go it's to an the interesting thought. What the Marlins? No. Did it was the, get into the, the Braves. Uh, who got no, the, I know. Yeah, the Marlins got in. No yeah. way. Yeah. They got in either the one-game playoff or the three-game. Yeah. Holy That crap. was a, a big deal. You're Come messing on. with me now. No, I'm pretty sure they got in. Now we have to look it up. We never look stuff up on this podcast. We I just know, wing. dude. And now it's, it's bothering me. Am I an idiot? Yeah. yeah, the Marlins got in. Who did they play? Tampa Bay. No way. Tampa Bay's in the... No. Oh, no. Yeah, they... they... Yeah, they did. I know they got in. See? Now you're messing with my mind, brother. They beat the Cubs? (laughs) Yes, in that one-game playoff, they got in. Oh, my God. And then they got their just... Man, that's amazing. How come I don't remember that? Jeez. God, what's wrong with you, man? You have me doubting. I wasn't even paying attention to the Marlins. Well, they got smoked by the... Atlanta Braves. That is hilarious, yeah. dude. Wow. Yeah. I don't know but if you can still, see it. I'm kind of blushing a little bit in embarrassment. Oh, well, that's good. Hey, man. Hey, I'm 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 here for a reason, you know. I mean, it's not my looks. I gotta have the. I gotta be the brains of the operation sometimes. Well, that is that's you know, exactly why I don't like the expanded playoff. <laughs> there you go. No, that's you made it. I mean, seriously, people will think you're acting like acting like no no yeah. no like. That's the reason, right? Because the Marlins made oh. the playoffs, and then what does it do for them? Nothing, right? You didn't even remember they made it. But does it give them hope for next year, and does that mean parity? They were the I, same know, seed as the Astros. Bummer, <laughs> you should have known, brother. You should have known. Anyway, the Marlins made it, and the Astros made it, in case you are not aware, as the same seed. Good Lord. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean – you're right. It messes with a competitive balance, but I do think maybe if more teams have hope, isn't that the counter argument? Play devil's advocate a little bit. If more teams have hope, then more teams make moves at the deadline and more teams kind of try and hang in there, you know? And if Bruce well, Bochy's your manager, like you think you have a chance, even when you're a wild card, you're like, Hey, yeah, we want it, won. you know? So. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, that's also why the NCAA uh, basketball tournament expanded too, from 32 to 64. I mean, the more teams, the more, pe- the more opportunity for that Cinderella team to just really jack brackets up. And isn't yeah. it amazing how everything that we kind of talk about, I don't know if you recognize it, but it seems like everything comes back to betting. It comes yeah. back to fantasy football. It comes back to, to, you know, bracket picking. It comes back to <laughs> spreads and who's going to beat who and who's the underdog. But it's amazing to me how it all comes back to betting. So the more teams you have, the more opportunity you have to maybe throw money on the line or actually, you know, create a little more excitement. And maybe that's what it is too. Well, it definitely comes down to money, which is ownership money and payroll and the betting part of it. I think you raise an interesting point. I don't know if it always relates to the actual betting, but I will say this. And we talked about this a few podcasts ago after a hundred, but you know, since one Oh five, you know, somewhere. We've done so many. It's hard to remember. Yeah. I mean, we're just, once we pass a (laughs) hundred, my brain is scrambled. But uh, somewhere in the last four or five podcasts, we've discussed this where I, I heard this from someone else. Also, I can't give pass and investor only credit because it wasn't baseball related. But don't do it unless you um, absolutely have but, to. But college football, right? It's the place where like the games don't even matter. Like, you know, you can be 10 and 0 as <laughs> Cincinnati or Notre Dame, like 10 and yeah, 1. We and want more. You're going to get that's right. You're going to get voted out of the playoff. And all right, we just want to see Alabama and Clemson and uh 
Ohio State, and then whoever else gets in there, that's fine. Because those are the best teams. Yeah, so, but that's uh, that's what I think is missing from college football. But when you talk about the brackets, yes, it's gambling. But with college basketball, when you actually have a 16 seed beat a number one seed like Virginia, you're like, wow, that is like hard work and that all paid off. And there is, so in baseball, I think that makes for more fan excitement. Now, if you're Virginia or you're the Dodgers and the, you know, the upstart Marlins are giving you a fit instead of the upstart Braves, you're like, wait a second, you know, yeah. and then you're thinking this isn't fair. We won 107 games, but I don't know. I mean, I almost feel like if you're the upstart Marlins and you, Oh, nice. Number two. And you get to play the Braves. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You get to play the Dodgers. The Dodgers should wipe the floor with you, right? They should smoke you and they should be happy to be playing such a low seed. Like they let these guys in the playoffs. We're stoked. Yeah. yeah, That's the ongoing theory. You know, no bracket busters in here, but uh, yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, that's Minnesota last year was like, oh, we're the three seed. We get Houston. Let's go. But everybody knew how dangerous the Houston Astros were. And that's another thing. What if you, you know, what if you get one of these salty teams that just kind of glides into the playoffs and then gets back to full strength, and then all of a sudden you take it on the chin yeah. as they go but flying do you think that's, by? I know, but that's what you're saying. But do you think that's a bad thing? I mean, we see it in every other sport. That's what I was saying. I mean, you mentioned competitive balance. You mentioned some other things, but is that the worst thing to happen? I don't know. I, I'm the guy that wants to see the best of the best play their best. Okay. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's just that's, – I like just, that too. Yeah. But if they have an off three days, then they might not be in. I mean, having it, that's the problem. That's the only good thing about baseball is that you, you know, that first round, like you said, is a game one, but that's the beauty of baseball is you actually have a series where you can, you know, that's where it exposes your ACE one, ACE two against maybe a number one, maybe a number two that might be, should be a three or four on another team. And that's where you get to show you're better because you can line up your rotations. And I think that's where things get exposed. Yeah, and that's why the Dodgers beat the Rays in this World Series. I mean, yes. we love that series, yes. and it was great, and that pinch hitter and the whole deal, but the Dodgers won the World Series, yeah. and that's who was supposed to win it. So, yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they weren't on the edge. I don't know. I just think it's a fair way to go, and, I, and I'm not – I got to do a little more analysis and, like, you know, looking into what it would mean if they expanded the playoffs, but they expanded the playoffs in the NFL this year. It gave the high seeds another bye. Um you know, a, a bye week. And I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't think it'd be the worst thing for baseball. Yeah. But that's how you create incentive too. I think that, you know, if you are going to expand the playoffs, you need to give those, those top seeds, you know, those number one seeds that win, maybe win their divisions, give them that by, I mean, I know it's a one game play, but maybe you do, I don't know, man, because there's got to be more incentive to win your division. You know, and that's where I think there is incentive now without the expanded playoff is that you get to sit back, watch the two wildcard teams try and, you know, or two lower seed teams beat the hell out of each other. So by the time they get to you, okay, we're rested. We're in line with who we want to face in our or pitch in our rotation. My, my shortstop's back, you know, he's got his legs back under him and we can get after it and actually show who we are and beat these guys like we should. That's what. So there's got to, for me, there, maybe there's got to be a little more incentive to be the division winner, because if you don't, then you do what the Astros did win the wild card, kind of ho-hum into the playoffs and then, then break loose. Right. And I, and that, that's a valid point. I mean, that's probably from a player's perspective, the most valid point is there does have to be some incentive, right? In the NFL, you get an extra week and you can recover and you get a home field advantage. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things this year with COVID is not the best year to judge, but you know, like you said, home field advantage for the Dodgers and for the Rays, I, I guess, would have mm-hmm. been either or. The Dodgers would have had it, I guess, ultimately because of the best record in baseball. But you're right. There there has to be more. There has to be a better carrot at the end of the stick. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be chasing your tail and there isn't a lot of incentive. So And get fans right. in the stands, man. Get, get fans in the stands because then, then, like you said, if you, if you earn that home field advantage, then you have your, your people behind you. You got that whole other factor mixed in, and that'll, that I think that would actually have an impact. Just like the NFL has taken the uh, home field advantage away from the, the – <laughs> Take away the cannon. Say, yeah, it's a neutral site. Like, no cannon. I mean, before the game's okay, after the game's okay, but yeah. not during. You can't sleep um, in your what, house. You've got to sleep at the team hotel. You can't change in your locker room. you got to change in the other one. 
Don't what, uh, park what here. Else do we got? Don't park in your arm your normal spot. Park over there. <laughs> what else do we got, Blummer? I haven't had any I don't know. red I think ass. You, I think your shirt, lately. your shirt may be leading right. into the next. Oh, what'll you got your say? own shirt, dude? Yeah, how about that? that? So yeah, like you don't have your own shirt. Come on. Um, I do have something for what will Tuttle say. I just thought of this. This is so great. I love that you uh, spur of the moment. I got, I'm looking at my notes here. They're blank. It's a blank slate here on my phone. Yeah, I've got I still do have too. my beautiful screensaver on there. Though. Man, you are I don't know dedicated. Why I, can't get away from I am just a market. I'm a marketer extraordinaire. You're an influencer. Um, influencer. That's the word. See, I need, mm -hmm. oh, that's what the young whippersnappers are telling me. I'm an influencer. Thank you. You know, one wish for whippersnappers. <laughs> just started hearing the doggo yeah. um so Put i got sock in it. this is funny so this is a it's a humble brag how do you say it i go to the gym every day at 5 15 in the morning yep humble brag there you go so yep. this is a new like a new look get off the lawn what'll tuttle say pet peeve here we go so what'll tuttle say so i found a new like it's almost like a new hobby but um i got passed by the way on the antonio expressway today going into rancho uh, by a Tesla going like 90. It's like 45 oh, wow. mile an hour zone. It was like 5.15 in the morning. It's dark. And there's Jeez. a Tesla. It's like 90, dude. Like where It was a lady. I saw her at the next stoplight, which is even funnier. <laughs> Isn't that even where funnier you when they pass you? And, you're, and then you're yeah. next to them. You're like, hey. Yeah. You're like, oh, God, you're going 90. And here we are in the same way. <laughs> that sucks for you, right? And that's not even my pet peeve. So the lights go on either headlights or wait now, right? Like when you pull up to a light, right? It knows you're there. It has the like sensors in the road. Yep. So what I what happens at five in the morning is there's no one on the friggin' road. I mean, you can imagine. So you're just going, it's dark and you're like just making sure nobody runs lights like, you know, because mm -hmm. they're asleep at the wheel. So I pull up to a light and there's this truck waiting at the other light and the light goes green for them, right? And they don't move. They're they're asleep at the wheel or they're doing and up so I can't get my light because they're they make it look like it's a trap. So I'm like, I'm like, their light is green and that guy's sitting there. So I'm honking, right? I'm honking at people not even going my direction. It's like <laughs> e -e. it works though, because there's no one there. So I'm honking like er, er, and like they get startled, mm -hmm. you see them, and then they go, and then my light turns green. Then their light goes yellow, red, and then I get the green light. But this is a thing that I've now just encountered in the past few months, but it's like, I actually have to honk at people going the opposite direction from me so that I can get the light to get to the gym on time. Like they, they'll just sit at the light. Like they're on their phone doing email. Oh, I've dude. seen that. I haven't seen somebody literally asleep, but there's no one on the road. Oh, I better answer <laughs> this email before I get in the office. It's five, yeah, You haven't seen anybody Tony LaRusso at five 30 in the morning. Uh, not yet. I've seen some people <laughs> without headlights and stuff, but Tony LaRusso, I like that. Yeah. Did I you ever ask him uh, for a question this season? Oh, great. Did you ever post? <laughs> did you ever share that picture that I saw? Somebody sent on Which Twitter. One? You sent it to me. The oh. jersey no. number. No. The jersey. Yeah. Number. <laughs> the one that said Larusa. Yeah. Point, point zero eight. Point oh eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You got it. That was a, I'm so good. Oh my god. Oh man. Like that dude. is funny. That's, That's one. That's pretty damn funny. Can, you, somebody should ask him at his first Zoom call when spring training starts. Like, yeah. what jersey number are you going to wear? Is it going to be zero eight or zero nine? Like, <laughs> what do you got? like, you don't even have to. Now, he would not. He would Lou Pinelli you. I mean, he might throw oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, no, I get that. But I luckily I've never been up that early in the morning. That'll happen to me actually. Like um, when I back in the olden days when I was traveling with the ball club. Now you yeah. got now you got the vibe for what'll tell yeah. say back when I was like back when I was morning when I was traveling with that old baseball team and we would get in at like three in the morning. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you gotta be careful at those times. Yeah. So you roll out and of course, you know, you're trying to make your way to the highway, but they're all like you know, all these one-way streets downtown Houston, yeah. and you're sitting there and you're like, dude, should I go? Yeah. Should I go? There's nobody. Should I go? And then you start creeping out there. And then, I mean, ah, oh, it's the most frustrating thing. I mean, I have like to this day, I have not run the red light, but I have been like well out into the intersection where I'm like, all right, yeah, I've got to, I've got to make a decision yeah. here. And I've even gotten to the point where I've taken like a right turn to make a U turn to make a right turn. 
to get back on the same route just so I could avoid the light. And I've done it plenty of time not to get the green. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You've done right on red, quick U-turn, right on red. And now you're on your same path going, hey, I got it. You know what's interesting about that, Blummer? I love the smile. But, um, you know, now this is a musician thinking about it because, I mean, you know, if you have some pops on the plane, which I know you're not supposed to on a road trip on your way Uh, back. Yeah, we we don't actually just, I mean, full disclosure and, you know, behind the scenes kind of talk. Um, when we fly into Houston, it's a dry flight. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that because everyone has to get in the car. Cause everybody's, you know, scattering so. and going to their houses. Yeah. It's so I mean, that's dry what... flight. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, I'm kidding. But, but no. So I know it's a dry flight. So we have a dry flight, but my point was when you know, you're stone cold, stone cold, sober three in the morning. I mean, the cops have nothing better to do anyway, but I listened to Josh Homme. Josh Homme happens to be the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. So he's way more mm-hmm. famous than you or, or myself. Maybe not you at the height of your. We, fame, we got plenty now, of time left. We can work on that. All right. So Josh Homme was talking about recording late. Like he likes to go to the studio in LA, like in, you know, Westlake Village or whatever. And he's like down there recording. But he's like, you know, he's been in there since five at night and it's like four in the morning. He's like, all right, we, you know, we laid the track for that song. He's like, I'm going to go home, but he's not, he hasn't been partying. He's been working and he's sitting at a light. Like you said, on Ventura Boulevard or whatever, at like four in the morning and the light won't turn. And he's like, and he's, you know, he's like just tired. All he wants to do is go home and go to bed, which is, you know, it's very similar to what you were just saying. You're just trying to get home. So he'll just roll the light. And he said, he rolls the light. Like, you know, he'll go a week straight at four in the morning, sitting at the same light and he'll just roll the light. You know, he gets there. There's no one there. He's waiting five minutes. He goes. But he says risk. once every three months he gets pulled over. Yeah, he'll, guy will pull him over. And this is kind of a commentary on law and what it's for, like rules of the road and everything. It's like, you know, it's if a tree falls in the forest, you know, and no one's yep. there to hear it, does it make a sound? He's like, so the cop pulls him over and he looks at the guy and he's sober. I mean, Josh Homme's sober and he looks at the guy and the cop looks at him. He's like, dude. I've been working all friggin' night. Like <laughs> you know, he said, like he's gotten one ticket and he's got out of like four others. So the guy did give him one guy did give him a ticket, but he's just it's a risk he's willing to take at that time of night. He's yeah. like, I just want to go home. The law isn't there so that you never go on a red light. That's his interpretation. The law is yeah. there to keep everybody safe. But he's like, when you're sitting there for five minutes, like. But dude, at those at those hours that we're talking about, why is it that the? I mean, our our sense of time is so exaggerated that I mean, in reality, that's, you're that's probably sitting story. there for like sixty seconds, but it feels like a yeah. half an hour, and you're like, "That's a really good point." I'm dying here. I got. I can't sit still. I got to go. You know, and you just can't. Totally wait. a great point. Yeah, oh. I mean, so I'm gonna make it a point to check the mailbag for next week. I'd love to hear stories about that. Um, not just the waiting. Yeah, the we light, need but fans I think, to give us more. Yeah, give yeah, us some yeah. stories I and just, some I just situations, reading man. Them, so I, I think I, I I scared the people away because I hadn't been reading them. So if I promise to read them before next week, then we'll have some more topics to du jour. And, and, you know, to just close out what I'll tell, say, it's a very, to me, it's a new phenomenon. Part of it's because I'm up that early, but part of it's because now all the lights have the weight on them, you know, where the car is. But man, honking at someone that's not even behind you or in front of you it's like it's like a whole new world you're like honking at people too like way over mm-hmm. there that won't go the right turn like hey think about it though you're the only life. two people awake and within like a three square mile radius and you're at the same light point. and nobody's yeah. moving and they won't move and they have a green light like what do i do i mean i should just get out of the car and go knock on their thing that wouldn't yeah. frighten them would it like instead of honking there's like, a lot hey. of things you can do go <laughs> i don't know if it'd be legal but <laughs> yeah that's funny anyway so my that's my new pet peeve but i'd love to hear some traffic stories like that i mean just yeah, there's the some phones ones. as you know with your kids the phones have changed the world so no man. but I, I i make it a pact not to i mean unless i'm going somewhere i'm going to be late or i'm like hustling like i need to communicate like there's not anything that urge like i do not want to check my email at 5 15 in the morning even if you sent me a brilliant idea for the podcast, I'll read that at six thirty. <laughs> if I, if so. I said, I'm, oh man, now now I got to get creative. Now I got to come up with something that I could send you. So you're reading at your when you're at this light stopped, you have something fascinating to read. That, that that's my next great. goal. Send me good material, then I will get oh, honked man. at by somebody going the other way. I don't yeah. even. 
I was thinking it was something that I only thought of myself because I don't even think the people know. Like, I've never been honked at. Like, do they even know like what they're Dude, doing? Dude, because like, you're you the best driver life. ever. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. That's what we should have started the podcast with. Oh no, you know, if Tuttle wasn't driver, such a ever. good driver, he wouldn't yeah. have anything to complain about. But because he's the best driver, yep. Yeah, I'm glad that um, you've got a little Tuttle say right off the top of your head because I was trying to think of something that I could say really interesting to back <laughs> that up, and I've got absolutely nothing other than the fact that I like beer. That's yeah, it. Nice. I yeah. like beer. I like beer. No, it's it's been it's a busy eloquent. week. You know what? Blum's uh, Blast will be. I'm actually. I'm. I'm hopeful. Uh, this has been the first time since. I mean, obviously, I'm hopeful every every time we do a podcast because there is something to <laughs> distract me from just the fatigue of of COVID life. Um, yeah. But I'm actually, you know, the fact that we are now talking about teams going to spring training and trucks are loading up, I actually have some sense of hope. At this given point, I don't have a schedule yet, but I have an idea of what my schedule might be. So um, I'm actually kind of excited about that. You know, we did Astroline tonight uh, before I did this podcast with you. And it was kind of you know, in talking with uh, Robert Ford, who I was co-hosting with, we were kind of like, you know, the trucks leaving. And who knew that, a tr- you know, a spring training truck full of equipment going to uh, Florida would be such an exciting thing. But it, it just kind of gives the idea that things are moving in the right direction. So I'm just I'm going to I'm going to nurture the hope that there is hope uh, in Blum's blast here. Just to steal uh, Andy Dufresne's quote from uh Shawshank Redemption. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope that we find that oak tree with that black stone and then we open it up and there's a full slate of Major League Baseball here coming up soon. You know, Blummer, that's great. I think uh, to be hopeful is the right, right? Uh, hope springs eternal. So in this case, spring hopes eternal, maybe something like that with spring training. Go. But uh, I Could think... Could you stop uh, using spring and springer and spring? Yeah. It's just... It, it oh, hurts. sorry. Crazy <laughs> um, river. Boo-hoo for the Houston fans. Now he's in, now we got to be Toronto Blue Jays fans. Let's see how many yeah. folks we lose. You know, that's at, I think that's Houston fans. That's at real David Tuttle. <laughs> there you go. And you uh, know, hey, you, hey, mailbag. There we go. No, no go ahead. The, no, you know what I am most grateful for too is it now when I type in at real D on uh-huh. Twitter. Donald Trump doesn't come up anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I, I mean, every time I'm on top of that list, like you are on top of the at real day. You are the man now because before it was Donald. I'm like, God damn, could you? Yeah. No, I don't want that guy. I'm not going to tag him in my podcast. I'm tagging David. Okay, sorry. So my goal, my goal now. No, no, my goal is now to get uh, to get canceled by Twitter as well. So. <laughs> Once I get canceled, then I won't be. Hey, that would help our podcast, man. Get on. That would help us a lot. Like, hey, he got it. Get rid of that guy. These guys are crazy. You need to give him a listen. There you go. At real day. Oh no, it's canceled. That's fine. Um, Gone. Yeah, he gone. Anyway, no, I, I, I would, I would second what you said, which is the, the sports thing's amazing. I mean, I still, I'm watching the NBA at night. I'm watching some Premier League soccer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching, you know, uh, hockey's on now. Um, I think I, I was telling you off air or before the podcast that the NBA's had like 462 Gosh, tests without a positive test, like whatever they're doing, that's right. And I mean, again, I don't know if there is normal coming back to us. We talked about whether we're going to have cardboard cutouts or some fans and all that, but you know, now that the vaccines, um, kind of taking hold, I know a bunch of people yeah. that have had the vaccine. There just seems to be some sort of, um, yeah, some sort of hope, I guess. There's kind of this. Yeah, there's a, there, it's definitely you know, trending in the right direction, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's That's about good. time, right? You know, it is about like time. We've podcasts in quarantine, you know. Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, we're coming up on, I mean, this is February, man. We're coming up on March, dude. And that's when the whole thing, mm. all hell broke loose. So we're more than ready to get things back. But again, the reason that we are actually talking about getting back to any kind of normalcy is because of those frontline workers that are out there grinding away and doing a great job. The essential workers that are continuing to go out there and, uh, you know, put themselves in harm's way to, to provide us some normalcy as we go out and need products and things like that to continue living. Uh, we love to give shout outs to the military. We love to give shout outs to our law enforcement and our, our first responders out there. We are grateful for you eternally. 
on the Bleacher Blums podcast. And we couldn't be more grateful to have all of you that we are indebted to. But uh, Tuttle, any last words before we bail on this Super Bowl version of Bleacher Blums? That's right. We got to give a shout out to, of course, uh, World's Strongest Man CBD. Mm. Uh, Just Geek It, right? Just Geek It mm-hmm. IT Solutions. And uh, at Ram Shirts or uh, Crush City Tees, either of those will work for you. But uh, They've got some new my, gear coming out. Keep your eyes open for them because that might be Crush one of them City right there. My latest Crush City Tee that I got for my podcast, Blummer doesn't even have his own shirt, people. I got my own shirt. Um, I guess you had, you had That's Impress. You had GFC. You had all yeah. kinds of stuff. So you had a few. Anyway, but uh, of course, we shout out, uh, like I said, first responders, military, what you said, Blummer. I mean, you know, it's really important to us to uh, make that a point every time. And uh, we're super thankful, super grateful. And as always, beers with you now, it's been two out of three weeks. We've done uh, Cheers, you know, brother. Blummer, uh, Bleacher Blums After Dark. And uh, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure. Oop. Oh, I had to take my beer crazy? condom off. Uh, yeah. Oh, MB, company, I had that before. Yeah. Yeah. What is hey, that? Hey, dude, we what could company? have a whole uh, parish company. It's in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. It's really parish. good. They make uh, Ghost in the Machine. If you ever see that anywhere, get it. It's a hazy IPA, amazing. Oh, nice. Can we talk? Why do Why do beer cozies have to have such weird ass sayings on them? What does that even say? What is that? Oh my gosh! Can I? Can you see that? The words you're looking. Words you are looking for. You know. (laughs) Beer cozies. I don't even like putting my beer in a cozy. You have to out here though, because everything sweats. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's not What's a California with a sweaty thing? beer bottle. It just means you have to drink it faster. I was just saying, that's what it does. It encourages like speed drinking, man. That's exactly right. All right. So if you're, dr- if you're this, drinking beer, you're like, this beer is warm. Let me, uh, yeah. let me get to a coldy. Um, yeah. yeah. End of every Bleacher Blums podcast. Not if you're drinking, don't adhere to this. But if you are just living your life and you're trying to get after it, you've got to believe it. So all the best from uh, Bleacher Blums as we have our beers together. Be good. Be good.